uh, like the when you come into the room, it says if you're you're a first time uh, uh, participant with us, we're glad to have you here for Game Game Changers Devotional, uh, and uh, we hope you uh, make this a part of each week uh, when you have a chance to. Uh, this morning, Jacob James is going to lead our uh, devotional, and I'll turn it over to Jacob. Thank you, Michael. Uh, good morning, everybody, and uh, kind of like Mike said, thank you so much for being here. And uh, um, I'm sitting in a hotel room in uh, Huntsville, Alabama, and just watching the rain. And uh, I'm just excited that everybody's here. So um, I feel really privileged to just do this call. And uh, so, um, before we get started, just to real quickly, I wanted to start us in a prayer. <clears throat> Lord Jesus, just thank you so much for this morning, God, for for this devotional. God, for the next 15 minutes, Father, we can be devoted to you. And Father, this morning, just teach us. Every person was called. Can you teach us, Lord, how to be aware of other people? Show other people that we care, just like you, Father, to be moved with compassion. Lord, teach us these things. Father, we love you. In your name we pray. Amen. So um, I, I got a call from Michael uh, Friday, uh, late last week, uh, late on Friday, and he told me a story and uh, something that happened, and man, it's just a beautiful story, and it stuck with me all weekend long. In fact, it was like on the forefront of my mind, and so I'm going to have Michael share that story um, when we wrap up at the end, but um, I kind of wanted to show you guys what happened in Michael's story happened in the Bible. It's real. And uh, and there's real impacts that we can have, and there's a lot that we can learn. And so the scripture I'm going to read to you guys today is Mark. It comes from Mark chapter 2, and uh, it's uh, chapters 1 through 12. Um, but before I read it, I kind of want to tell you what's going on here. Jesus has, has been going town to town, and his popularity is just completely just blown up, and there's so many people trying to get to Jesus. And everywhere he goes, crowds are packed. He's um, he's healing people. He's testing out demons. He's doing all kinds of miracles. And so it's just Jesus has become a rock star at this point. And that's kind of where we pick up here in uh, in Mark chapter two. And I'm gonna I'm gonna try to read this uh, one through twelve to you guys really quickly. Um, a few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. So many gathered that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men came bringing him a paralytic carried by four of them. Since they could not even get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus, and after digging through it, they lowered the mat the paralyzed man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, Why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up, take your mat, and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said, I tell you, get up and take your mat and go home. The paralytic man got up, took his mat, walked out in full view of them all, and this amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. 
And so the first thing I really wanted to point out in this um, in this story was these friends. They got four friends. They're fighting through a crowd, and there was nothing that was going to stop their faith in Jesus from getting their friends to Jesus. Nothing. And these friends were moved to action. And so in, in uh, Michael's story, you'll hear how a friend was moved with compassion for his friends. And it's a way that something all of us can do. And in fact, Jesus, right before this story, where he heals this paralytic man, he healed a guy with leprosy. And if you listen, this is what happens. A, a leper came to Jesus. He's begging to him on his knees. He said, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And here's the words you got to hear. Moved with compassion. Jesus was moved with compassion. And Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. He said, I am willing. Be clean. Immediately, the leprosy left him, and he was cured. And that's the thing, that we can all do that. We can show that we care. I can show that I care. You can show that you care. And that's really the first thing that anybody needs to know in bringing them to Jesus. The first thing anybody needs to know is that he cares and that I care and that that we can be moved to distractions. And I think the biggest problem that all of us have in today is we're too distracted. You know, we're too distracted by our, our, our daily lives, too distracted by our electronics. We're not moved to compassion for people. We don't even notice people. And if we don't notice people, how can I show that I care if I don't even see you? There's a guy in our in our hometown, in, in a big neighborhood in our hometown, I heard this story, and it's a beautiful story. He, he um, says, look, how can I reach people? I, I hear you, Pastor, but what can I do to reach people? How can I show people my faith? Uh, he's a retired man. And, uh, and the pastor said, well, what do you do good? What is something you do really good? He said, well, I tell you what, my claim to fame is um, I know how to bake really well. And my mom passed that down to me, and I baked four or five pies that are just really good. I mean, they're my claim to fame. And so what he did was he created a menu, um, a real fancy, nice menu. And when anybody moved into his town, he would take the menu to their house, uh, moved into the neighborhood. He'd take the menu to the house and he'd say, look, uh, introduced himself and said, pick you a pie, any pie, and I'm, I'm going to bake you a pie. Welcome to the neighborhood. And, uh, and they would pick a pie. And then before leaving, he said, look, how can I pray for you? And he said, you don't know how many doors that opened, um, just asking that question. And that was the way he could reach people. That's the way he could show he cared. He told a story about a mom that had moved into the neighborhood, had two kids. When he asked that question, he said, I'm, I'm so glad you asked. I'm so glad that you'll pray for me because I'm so scared. My two kids know anybody. They didn't want to come here. Um, they're fearful that they won't meet any friends. They don't think they'll even like their school. And he said, perfect. He said, I know six or seven kids in the neighborhood. And so it wasn't even about the pie. It was about showing that he cared. And he was moved to compassion. And he showed their heart. Um, so by, by doing these things, you know, he was walking, you know, with God. And, and finally... Before we get to the story of, uh, of Michael, there's one more thing about this story that really you have to know this, and this is the most important thing. Is Jesus knew a paralyzed man's greatest problem was not his physical ailment, not his paralysis. His greatest problem was his sin problem. And so you see in that story, the first thing Jesus does is says, son, your, your sins are forgiven. So it wasn't his paralysis. And so you see people that may be paralyzed from the waist down, or paralyzed even from the neck down, or somebody that's struggling with cancer, or somebody that has an addiction, or somebody that has a broken relationship. And those may not; those are not their biggest problem. The biggest problem anybody ever faces is their sin problem. 
And Jesus took care of his biggest problem first. And that, you know, sin is real. And sin separates us from God. And it's not just in this life. And without Jesus, we have to stand in judgment on our own. And, uh, and Jesus knew this. And uh, even the paralyzed man, was he was going to die. And Jesus knew that. And what good is a healed body? You know, if the heart is still sick. So I can show that I care. I can see the other people around me. I can be moved with compassion. And so I'm going to let Michael share a story with you that um, he shared with me on how there's one man who has a need and he's calling out. He has this need and how he has another friend who is moved to compassion, just like the paralytic's friends were and just like Jesus was before he healed the man with leprosy. So I'll pass it over to you, Michael. Well, guys, last week, late in the week, I had that something just these things that happened uh, just reassured me that uh, that God has His hand in everything and and uh, and He's in control. Uh, I received a, a claim uh, late last week where that that a gentleman um, started out a conversation with me by telling me that uh, he didn't like adjusters and. Uh, that he had the last two claims he had had, which was with another company, the adjusters uh, had not made him happy at all, and uh, he wanted me to know that, that uh, I would be fighting an uphill battle. And as I looked at his coverages, I knew that we were, it was going to get even worse for me, and, and uh, because for some reason the agent had not written any additional living expense on his uh, his policy, and and uh, and he didn't have anywhere to stay. And we couldn't provide, uh, you know, a place for him to stay. And the last two nights, he had slept in his vehicle. Uh, so I basically informed him the best thing that I could do for him is get there as quick as I could, get the claim worked, and uh, so he could make some decisions and start moving on, you know, getting things taken care of. So I arrived on site, and once again, uh, he came up to me, and he shook my hand and told me, he says, you know, you're fighting uphill battle. I don't like your type. And uh, so we started talking. I started going through his claim, uh, assured him that we would move on everything as quickly as we could. And after about five minutes, he stopped me and he said, uh, I just want to tell you, uh, I don't have any problem with you anymore. He said, I'm real comfortable with you because God uh, don't make mistakes. And uh, and so I kept talking to him and, and I had encouraged the gentleman that one thing he needed to do was he needed to go ahead and start finding a contractor on the first day that I talked to him. And uh, so uh, he told me that morning that, uh, he, that there was a contractor he was going to call, and and, uh, and I knew that that contractor uh, was a Christian. Um, I, I knew that he went above and beyond to, you know, to take care of people uh, when he worked and did work for them. And, uh, and I'd seen him do some just unbelievably uh, compassionate things for uh, some elderly people in the past, and, and I just knew it was the right person that probably for this guy to, to call. And uh, so he ended up the con- calling the contractor that morning. The contractor shows up, and uh, I was already through doing everything, but we walked back in to kind of go through the house and, and uh, scope the damages together and, and so we could kind of agree upon everything we needed to do. And, uh, and I just told the contractor, I said, look, I said, this guy slept in his car the last two nights uh, and doesn't have a place to stay. And he can't find any assistance anywhere else. 
And so the biggest thing I can ask from you as a contractor is you get on this job and you start making it happen. And you get him taken care of as quick as you can. And uh, the contractor looked at me and says, you know, I have a rent house two blocks from here. And uh, he said, I, I really, he said, I, I feel like that, that uh, I could, you know, work something out with him to, to where he could stay there. And then he uh, looked at me and he says, you know, God's telling me right now that I just need to tell him he can stay in that house. And uh, so we walked outside and he walked Did we lose Michael? Guys, are you still, is anybody still there? Yeah, I don't. I didn't hear. I heard, I heard a noise. I, we lost. lost. Yeah, Michael. I think we lost him. I, I'll tell you the uh-huh. story. So, so um, so this uh, the contractor decided that um, look, I've got this rental house available. At first, he was going to try to work out some kind of way. That to make the man pay a little bit, however he could, and then the contractor said, "No, um, you know God's speaking to me right now, and uh, I'm going to let this guy stay there." And the whole time, you know, Michael had told me that the man, when they were there, he was saying, "God, don't make mistakes. God, don't make mistakes. God, don't make mistakes." He just continually uttering the words, "God, don't make mistakes," and. And the contractor was just moved to compassion to say, "Look, I've got rental property." He can stay there, and uh, at no charge. And it was kind of, and Michael said, it's amazing how God orchestrated that whole thing to work out, and uh, and what an impact it would had on the person there. And in my mind, he was prophesying, saying, "God doesn't make mistakes. God doesn't make mistakes." That was heard, and God certainly heard that. And God didn't make mistakes, and and God never makes mistakes, and, uh, and especially when you and I see other people around us and we're moved to compassion and the important part is like this contractor he saw a need and he met it and uh his faith had action and uh and that's what all of us need michael are you back yeah and i'm sorry about that i've just learned that if you have your phone on and you get a call it cuts you off of the conference call well i think i got the story out <laughs> that's that I, I recollected it and um and if, uh, yeah. I was just going to say that uh, I apologize to everybody for that. Uh, I, the, uh, I'll have to figure out a workaround on that because that definitely was not my intention to let that happen. But hopefully, uh, actually, uh, I, know, I know that Jacob finished up the story and because uh, I don't even know really when it cut me off. <laughs> gotcha. Well, um, I, I'll close this in prayer real quick. And if anybody has anything they want to add, prayer, just, just let us know and feel free. Father, thank you so much for this morning, God, that uh, that you bring us together, and Lord, that we can learn more and grow closer to you. And God, that this morning, every person on this call, Father, is speaking to you, and we want our heart to be like your heart, Lord. Father, through this week, just help us grow closer to you. Help us to see other people and to show that we care. That's the greatest thing we can do, show that we care and be moved to action. Father, we love you. Thank you for this morning. And be with us the rest of the week. In your name we pray. Amen. Does anybody have anything that they want to share before we go? Anything on your heart? Anything on your mind? If you like rain and you just want to say you like rain. 
right. Well, hey, thank you, guys. I uh, hope everybody has a good week, and we'll see you guys back on uh, next Wednesday. Thank you all very much. Thank you. Thank you.